0: Welcome to the Near Church Podcast. This week's message starts now. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 25. The Bible says this, and so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. And by his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain of into the most holy place, verse 21. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. From our guilty consciences, we have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold, somebody say, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Here's where I want to take our text from today. And let us not neglect our meeting together as others do, but encourage one another, especially now. Somebody shout now. Now that the day of his return is drawing near. The myth I want to tackle with you today is this. I don't need church. I don't need the church. Y'all ready for this one? Me too. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your presence. God, let the word go deep in our hearts today. And all you do, we're thankful. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. amen. You may be seated, but on your way down, give somebody a high voice and say, I don't need the church. I don't need the church. I don't need the church. I know. I know. It's a fun one. I remember growing up and there was this guy I knew. And when he got saved, man, he was on fire for God. It was so powerful. I mean, he, he would get up. They used to have this thing in my, the church I grew up in called testimony service. How many of you know what that is? Raise your hand. Yeah. We don't do those here. People say crazy things over microphones. We'll get your testimony written down and then we'll see. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I remember this one guy, speaking of that, who wrote his testimony down and it got approved and he went and said something different anyway. (laughs) He was getting baptized and they gave him the microphone and he said something about a spaceship and aliens like, bro, you didn't write this down. It says nothing to do with your testimony. But I remember this young man, and he, he would give his testimony. He was so powerful. God had delivered him from drugs, and this addictive lifestyle was so powerful. And, and I, I remember taking him with me. I, I used to preach all over, and I took him with me. and was trying to just mentor him a little bit and help him walk in the ways of God. And he was doing so good. How many of you know somebody like that? It's like, man, they're doing so good. Like God's just moving in their life. And, and suddenly he decided that he didn't need the church anymore. And it was so sad because from that point on, I saw him teeter-totter in his faith, still to this day, in and out, in and out. How many of you know somebody like that? Just in and out, in and out. And the enemy had lied to him and said, you don't need the church anymore. Now, let's talk about this for a second. This is from the heart of your pastor today. I'm not talking about vacations, y'all. I'm not talking about somebody died or somebody's sick. You know, fall's coming, by the way, which means all of our kids are just going to be a big germ fest in Jesus' name. Come on. (laughs) I looked at our team after our movie night and said, all right, let's sanitize all these chairs. Come on. (laughs) So we do that for you all, just so you know. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when we enter the mindset that I no longer need the church. Now, I'm also not talking about a specific church because I believe there are moments in our lives where God calls us to move on from where we are. Maybe it's a toxic culture and we'll deal more in this. I can't wait for our series in the fall. It's going to be so much fun. Church hurts what it's called. Giving it to you early. Come on so I can get it on your minds now. It's going to be powerful. And there's moments like that where God calls you out. God moves you on. I've been there. But there comes a moment where sometimes the enemy convinces us that we don't need the church. I'm not talking about little church, I'm talking about the church, the kingdom of heaven. And the Bible says this in Acts 20, if they'll throw this scripture up there for me, verse 28. So guard yourselves and God's people, feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. Now, notice what he says in this text. His church purchased with his own blood. Because if we're not careful, the enemy will convince us that church is not a necessity in our lives. I I knew this one family growing up. In ministry, you just get to know a lot of different people. You know, people are weird sometimes, right? (laughs) We used to call them birds. Somebody's a bird. They're just kind of off. You know what I mean? It's okay. We love them anyway, but they're a bird. They're a bird. They're a bird. But there was this one family that I'll never forget said, we don't need church. We're going to have church at home. You heard that before? Now, in COVID, most of us were having church at home. And I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful for the camera that's live streaming every week. But it's not a substitute for God's house. And I remember the first time coming back in, I was like, this is amazing, y'all. Like, I miss this so much. Because, you know, God can move anywhere. That's the thing. I can be driving, and I listen to podcasts a lot of times when I'm driving. About to go on an eight-hour drive after church today. I'm going to listen to some church, some podcasts. And I'm going to feel the presence of God, and he's going to move in my life in some way, shape, or form. He always does. But there's just something about getting together with one another. Yeah. There's something about being in the same atmosphere of faith-like people. Right. People who say, man, I'm with you. I'm not going to let you fall and falter. I'm not going to let you give up. I'm not going to let you quit. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let you back down off of your dream. God has something for you. Aren't you glad for church, y'all? I, I just want to take a moment and thank God that we're not in COVID anymore. Yeah. Come on, that we do get to gather. We don't have to wear masks anymore. I'm not trying to be political, aren't you? I'm just glad. Because, rem- y'all, I would dance and shout and all that stuff with a mask on, too, and it was terrible. It was the worst. If you wear glasses, they fogging up. and Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I'm thankful that we get to gather in his house. And it's something that here in the United States of America that we take for granted because it's not illegal here. We're allowed to gather and we can gather as much as we want. Some people want to be in church all the time and that's great. We have that freedom here in the United States. I'm thankful for that. And so people will get in this mindset and it's a trick and a trap of the enemy that I don't need the church. Yeah. If you don't need the church, you also don't need Jesus. If you don't care about his church, you don't care about the one who purchased the church. Oh, because the church is not this little entity in the earth. Come on, somebody. Yeah. It is, go back to that verse 20 and 28 of Acts. It has been purchased with his own blood. That's if his blood, which is so precious, the spilling of the blood of Jesus, that he willingly gave up on Calvary, if it was that expensive, that high of a price to pay for his church, how much more should we cling to the church? So the church is needed, y'all. Yes. Look at somebody and say, you need church. Well, you need, you church. need church. You don't realize it or not, but you need church. You need church. Now, let's, let's go a little deeper in this. Are you ready to go deeper? Yeah. If you are, shout, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Now, number one, if, if you say you don't need the church, you're saying, I don't need the kingdom. If you're taking notes, I don't need the kingdom. I got three points today. I don't need the kingdom. Now, when Jesus refers to the church and, and, and throughout the New Testament, it's the Greek word ekklesia, Somebody say ecclesia. Oh, come on, say ecclesia. You learn Greek today. Come on, ecclesia. It's the government of God. You see, church in the early church—you're going to hear the word church so many times today, and I'm sorry in advance—was normal culture. Going to church was normal culture. Now let's go to Acts chapter two and go deeper in this. Acts chapter 2, verse 46. They worshiped together at the temple, catch this, each day, each day, and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Verse 47. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to the church their fellowship, those who were being saved. Now let's go back to verse 46 real quick. People who say, I don't need the church, I can just have church at home. I can be my own church at home. You've not seen Acts chapter 2 verse 46. Because I hear people reference this verse and say, well, they just met in their homes and broke bread together. Yes, they did. But look at what they did first. They worshiped together at the temple, which was the church every day. Now, at near church, unless God changes something, we're not having church every day, (laughs) y'all. I don't think I can preach every day. Without my throat bleeding. Come on, somebody. <laughs> We're not meeting every day. The concept in, in our churches today is we observe one day a week where we gather together, and God is pleased with that. That we come together, and then we go out. Because here's the key. Coming into the building doesn't make you the church. Right. Oh, that's really good. It doesn't. More or less, just like you going in a garage doesn't make you a car. You can sit there and go vroom, vroom all you want. You can even ingest gas if you want to, you crazy. But (laughs) it doesn't make you a car. You can't self-identify as a car. Preach, Pastor Andrew. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I, I don't care what you want to do. You can't identify as a car. You can vroom, vroom, it doesn't make you a car. Just like you coming in here doesn't make you a Christian. And it doesn't make you the church. You have to be a participant in the ecclesia of God. The government of God, which means I'm going to submit to his word. I'm going to submit to his ways. I'm going to submit to spiritual authority. I'm going to come under something because that's what ecclesia is. It's coming under the covering of the authority that God has placed over that church yeah, and the church at large. Yeah. That's why people can't just meet in their homes and say, this is the church. It's a part of the church, but it's not a substitute for gathering together. Come on, on, somebody. Because here's the thing. Some people aren't called to be a spiritual authority and shepherd people. I know some people like that. They they can preach and think that they're a spiritual covering when really, oh, man, (laughs) y'all. Not everybody's called to that. But it says here, they weren't just meeting in their homes, they should be meeting at homes. That's why we do groups. It's fun to break bread together. Yes. We, we just had our fishing near group and it just ended. And all my guys this week were like, can we just keep going? <laughs> it's fun to gather together, yeah. it encourages me in the Lord. Yeah. We break bread together. There is nothing, y'all, you can testify to this. There is nothing like El Mazatlan right after church with your people. Come on. There is nothing like it. There's nothing like a little Mexican food right after church. There's nothing like it. But it's not a substitute for gathering together in his presence. Are you with me today? They gather together. Now, the, the key to this is we need to understand life was not meant to be done alone. Because people who say, I don't need the church are often pushing themselves on an island away from everybody else and saying, I don't need the church, maybe because they hurt me, maybe because they, they don't understand. Whatever it is, whatever the circumstance, it's pushing you away from the people that are called to bring you into Christ more we're meant to do life together. Now, let's go a little deeper in this first point. Ecclesia, the definition in the Greek literally means this: the gathering of citizens called out from their homes into a public place of assembly. I'm going to say that again. Ecclesia means the gathering of citizens called out. Somebody shout called out. Called out. From their homes into a public place of assembly. The ecclesia of the church is a gathering of kingdom citizens. If you're saved in the room today, you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. You're a citizen. God has made you a citizen of his kingdom. You have dual citizenship. Yeah. It's really cool. cool. You get to be a citizen of the United States of America yeah. and also a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And the and, and the ecclesia is God saying, come on out. I'm calling you out together, together. What's powerful about this is another definition is simply called out ones. I'm thankful that God called me out. Yes. I'm, I'm so glad he called me out of my mess. I'm glad he called me out of my sin. I'm glad he called me out of relationships I shouldn't have been in. I'm so glad he called me out. Aren't you glad today? He called me out. and We don't like to be called out in our culture, but I'm glad he called me out. Come on out of there, Andrew. Come on out of there and gather with the other citizens because I want to do something amongst my people. Come on, somebody. I'm going to call you out. But here's here's the key about being called out. God will never call you out unless he's calling you out to call you in. Oh, right. I'm calling you out of your sin, yes, but I'm calling you out to call you into something greater. I'm calling you out of your pain to come into healing. I'm calling you out of your struggle to come into victory. I'm calling you out of loneliness to come into covenant relationship. I'm calling you out, baby, but I will call you into something greater than what you experienced before. If you're glad that God calls you out, just give him some praise right there. Come on. He's calling me out, but it's to call me into something greater. So Ecclesia literally means the assembly of the citizens. It's a time we come together and it's it's what reminds me of Proverbs where it says that iron sharpens iron. Here's the key about iron sharpening iron. They have to be in proximity with each other. I can't sharpen you if you're way over there, yeah. but man, when we come together, I'm not just getting sharp. You are too. Yes. I'm getting sharp. while I sharpen you. Man, that rhymed. That was really good. Y'all <laughs> we're sharpening each other. Now here's the key about that. Y'all that we don't think about. That sounds real cool. And it's usually the name of a men's ministry. Iron sharpens iron men's ministry or near church. Right. But here's the key about iron sharpening iron. It causes friction. And we think that when we come into the church, everyone will be perfect and it's going to be great. And we're just going to worship God. It's going to be amazing. There's not going to be any drama, no friction. Y'all, the moment you walked in and the moment I walked in, it made it an unperfect church. Well, that church just has so many problems. Yeah, because you walked in and I walked in. We're full of problems. We're full of mess. I, I used to I used to train interns in ministry back in the day. And I used to tell them that ministry is all about people's messes. Yes. Messy toilets Come on. and messy situations. Come on. If you can't clean up people's messes, I think you know what I'm getting at today. It's messy. Yes. And it causes friction. But in the middle of the friction, this is how good God is, that he designed his church knowing that there would be drama, knowing there would be issues, knowing there would be hurt, knowing there would be challenges. But in the middle of the friction, we're getting stronger together as long as we continue iron sharpening iron. This is no ordinary building. This this used to be a place where they built parts. But when we walked in, it became a hub. It became an assembly of the citizens of the kingdom of heaven, yeah, yeah. the ecclesia. That's That's so, so now while Jesus is on the right hand of the father in heaven, the church is the ecclesia, which is the ruling government of the earth. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, so good. That's powerful y'all. Yeah. I know our government seems powerful, but the church is the most powerful entity in the entire world. That's right. Yeah. Come on. That's good. The church. Yes. So that's number one. Hold on. I got another scripture. I must went on. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> Ephesians chapter two. Is this helping you today? Yes. Good. Yes. Yes. So now you Gentiles, that's us. We're Gentiles, are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are. You are. Along with all of God's holy people. Talking about Israel. You are members of God's family. I'm glad to be in God's family with all 'all. y'all. Together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Together, we are God's house. This building is not God's house, even though we call it that. Because this is the meeting place, the assembly of the citizens. But really, you and I are God's house. We're God's house. So number two, number one was if, if I say I don't need the church, I don't need his government. Number two, if I say I don't need the church, I'm saying I don't need the hope of God, which is the body of Christ. Now let's go deeper. Romans chapter 12, verse four through five, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. This is why I can't say, man, I hate that denomination. They're going hell. Come on. First of all, who made you God? Yeah, yeah we, we disagree on some things. I'm not talking about heresy, y'all. I'm talking about little differences in theology. I think when we get to heaven, God's gonna be like, y'all got it wrong. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> but I can't say to another church that believes a little different, man, they're not part of the body of Christ. I can't say to my big toe, I don't need you, although I probably hit it a lot less. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I can't say I don't need something on my body. God designed my body with every function for a purpose. And so it is with the body of Christ. Every part has a function. Mm -hmm. That's why you have some churches that are quiet. Because there's some churches that there's quiet people and they like to worship God quietly. God bless you. That's why when you come to near church, we got a little organ up in here. We're different. Why? All of the parts of the body are serving the community in different aspects as one body. And we cannot say to another, I don't need you. Because I grew up in a culture that said, if you're not us, you're not God's thing. Come on. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Yeah. We are in this thing together. Yeah. We are not a bunch of little churches. We are the body of Christ. Yeah. And no wonder people don't want to come to church because we fighting like cats and dogs and a bunch of spoiled brats. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Did you see what Betty Sue Baptist Church did to me? Come on, somebody. I can't say I don't need them. Because if I say I don't need them, I'm saying I don't need what God designed to bring a move of God into the earth. Come on. Listen, y'all. Near church, I believe God will use us to reach this community so powerfully. But we cannot do it alone. I need these other churches here. I need them to be all God has for them. Because we cannot effectively bring heaven to earth in Bowling Green, Kentucky, unless we do it as the kingdom, as the body of Christ. Amen. Man, this is good, y'all. Yes. The body of Christ. Now, here's the part of this that some people get wrong. We think because we're in the body of Christ, we're the head. Oh, no, 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 no. He's the head which means all systems, all belief, all morals, everything like that comes from the head, not the body. The foot does not think to itself, I'm going to kick. No. The brain has to send a message to the foot that says kick. The brain is what controls it all. And that's Jesus. He's the head of the body of Christ. So we can't say, I don't need, I don't need my spleen. I don't need the pancreas church of God. I don't need my left ear church of God in Christ. We can't say that. God designed it so that we all fit perfectly together. You still with me in the room? So then we go to First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. For we are both, all of us, God's workers. Yeah. And you are God's field. You are God's building. God is building something in the earth called the body of Christ. Yeah. But it's not just us. Come on. We have to get our minds on the kingdom of heaven. Yep. That this thing is bigger than any of us. It's so much bigger than me, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Aren't you glad to be a part of it today? Give God some praise if you are. So number one, if I say I don't need the church, I'm saying I don't need God's government, his ecclesia. Number two, I'm saying I don't need his body, the most powerful entity in the earth. And number three, if I say I don't need the church, I'm saying I don't need union with Christ which is the bride of Christ. So let's go to Ephesians chapter five. Now, a lot of reading in this one, but stay with me. This is so important. Normally, this is a scripture that we read about marriage, but they, they're tandem, they're the same thing. So stick with me. For wives, this means submit to your husband as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Talking about the bride. To make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scripture says, this is so good, y'all. A man leaves his father and mother and is joined with his wife and the two are united. Somebody say united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Now, let's dig deep into this. Stay with me. You ready? We are the body of Christ. That is how Christ functions in the earth. Jesus is not in the earth. He's at the right hand of the Father. I've heard people say, may I just feel Jesus in this room? That's a great sentiment, but it's theologically not correct. The Holy Spirit is in the earth. His spirit is here. You don't feel Jesus. You feel his spirit in the room. He's at the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says, according to the word of God, the only time he's gotten up from that place is when Stephen was being stoned. And then he sat back down. He's praying for you and I. I'm glad he's praying for you and me. He's the great high priest. He was once our savior, but right now he's our intercessor. He's our high priest. So he's at the right hand of the father praying for you and I, and he is the head of all things of the church. He is the middleman between God and the spirit. And he is the one that gives his will from the king and brings it into the earth. I'm going to have to go fast. Can you stay with me here? So we are we are the body of Christ, but we are also referenced, the church is the bride of Christ. Now, that sounds weird because we're the body. How can we be the body and the bride? Now, when you get married, you consummate the marriage. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? This is why, go back to verse 31. This is so strange to me that Paul compares the church to the consummation of a marriage, the wedding night. Why? He's showing that the church, the body of Christ, and also the bride of Christ come into this place of union with Christ where we are no longer two separate entities but one, but one. When you come into a marriage, you go from being Billy Bobby and Betty Sue to being whatever their last name is, the Smiths. You are no longer, okay, people don't reference myself and Pastor Faye separately anymore. They say the butlers. Why? We're in union. Yeah. I've made covenant. We have rings We made vows. We made promises. There's structure. There's order. There's government to your marriage. What do you mean, Pastor Andrew? You sign a document Mm -hmm. that says, I'm going to establish a little government called the butlers at my house, and this government shall be in place until death do us part. It's a government structure. And so God is saying here, that you are the bride and the body, and I'm bringing you into this place. Now, here's the part of this that is hard to understand, verse 32. And I'm so glad Paul puts this in there because sometimes our minds can't understand it. This is a great mystery. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. (laughs) Yes, it is. And we're doing our best to understand it on this hot August morning, right? That we are the body, but also the bride, that he's bringing us into this place of union where before, and let's go back a little bit to verse 26. In the previous verse, 25, he says, I gave up my life to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He's saying, I'm gonna take this entity of people that are unholy, that have so many issues. They got so many issues. I'm glad God loves me despite my issues. Come on, you're quiet today. Aren't you glad? I'm glad. I'm glad he loves me despite my blemishes. Now we go to verse 27. He did this to present her, the church. Somebody say, "That's that's me. That's me. To himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. He's talking about a wedding here, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. A wedding. Now, I don't know a bride that comes in the room with a beautiful white dress that is wrinkled or has splotches all over it. Come on. Come on. No. That is the finest. I mean, you take care of that thing. You're zipping it up real careful. You know. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay. Ladies. If, if she ever makes you carry that dress, you treat that thing like Fort Knox treats the gold. Come on, somebody. Amen. That thing is precious and you guard it and you make sure nothing gets on that. Yes. Come on. But if you're like me, it don't matter how careful you are. I'm getting ketchup on my shirt. Yep. Yep. Amen. Come on, somebody. Have you ever been eating and you, you even got the bib at the restaurant and you still get stuff on you? All the time. Every day. It's rough living that life. Uh-huh. It's the same way in our lives. We're trying to live holy, but y'all, we're gonna mess it up. Yeah. And that's why the responsibility oh, to be clean is not up to you. It's up to Jesus. And he said, I gave myself for her that I might cleanse her with my word, not with their actions, with my word. That I might present her to myself as a glorious church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Instead, oh, somebody shout instead. I feel like preaching. She will be holy and without fault. I know the church looks like a hot mess right now, but there is a day coming y'all where God is saying she's ready and I'm going to present her to myself and she's going to be holy and without fault. Don't give up on the church right now. She may not be perfect right now, but God is doing a work in his church and it's not going to stop now. Until she's perfect. He's perfecting me. Now get up on your feet. Give three people a high five and say he's perfecting me. He's making me better. He's making me holy. He's making me without fault. I'm not staying where I am. God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present myself to the church. I'm bringing the church to myself, and she's going to be without spot and without wrinkle and without blemish. She's going to be full of power. She's going to be full of authority. She's going to be full of the Holy Spirit. She's going to have signs and wonders. Come on, somebody. I'm not done with my church. Don't give up on the church because God hasn't either. Now give him a shout of praise in the room. Be seated. Don't give up on his church. Oh, man, I feel that so strong. COVID couldn't kill the church because we're the bride bride of Christ. I'm sorry, y'all. Don't give up on the church. Yeah. She is the most powerful entity in the world. Yeah. Come on. It's not the Illuminati. Nope. <laughs> <Church>. <laughs> or the governments of this world. It's not Black Rock. It's not secret societies, all this stuff. It's not even Disney, y'all. It's the church. She is the most powerful entity in the world. And we used to go, the world used to come to the church for answers. Now, I'm not against doctors at all. God uses doctors to heal people. I believe that. But people used to bring their sick to the church first. If any is sick among you, bring them to the elders of the church to lay hands and pray because the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's in James. The church used to seem like the most powerful entity in the world. She still is. So don't be surprised when people bring sick in here and God heals them. Why? Oh, because this is a powerful entity in this city yes. city hall is not the most powerful place in bowling green yes it has so much authority and so much uh f- it, it has so much to it it has so much influence that's the word i was looking for but it's not as influential as the church yes, of jesus right. christ yes, that's right. Come on, that's right. where's that in the bible pastor andrew all right matthew chapter 16 verse 18 now i say to you peter which means rock. Now, our Catholic brothers and sisters have this a little wrong. They think that God is building the church upon a man. No, 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 no. He's building the church with a man. Peter's not the foundation, Jesus is. He's the chief cornerstone, we just read that. But he's saying, I'm willing to use you, Peter, as a rock on the rock. Now, if you don't know Peter's story, I like to call him Cussing Peter. Because moments, Jesus says, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. He's like, Jesus, come on, man. We close. (laughs) I'm not denying you. I've had chances and I didn't. I remember when you said, we're going to take this little boy's lunch, turn into this big thing. I could have denied you right there, but I didn't. I'm with you, Jesus. I believe in you. I trust you. And what's Jesus say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. Jeez, Jesus. You got to call him Satan? I mean, for real? You already changed his name once from Simon to Peter. Now you're changing from Peter to Satan. Come on, Jesus. Why was he saying that? Because Peter thought the same thing that some of our brothers and sisters do, that this thing was built on him. Why was Satan, Lucifer, thrown out of heaven? Worship me. That's the problem with the church. If we build it upon a man, yeah. that's why some churches they'll they'll explode and then they're gone. Yeah. Why? They were built on a man yeah. instead of with a man. Yeah. Because this thing that we do together, we are laboring with God. We're laboring with his spirit here in the earth. It's what is called co-laboring. Yeah. We're laboring in tandem. With the Holy Spirit. Go back to the Holy Spirit series, right? We're, we're doing this with him. And he's saying, Peter, I want to use you. I want to use the fact that you're flawed. And you're going to deny me and be cussing and be going cray-cray. And then you're just going to leave the ministry and go fishing. Man, that sounds really good some Mondays. I'm going to be honest. I'm done with this ministry. I'm going fishing. But God says, I see what you're going to do. And I want to use you to build my kingdom upon Jesus. Now, here's what's powerful. You ready for this? Now, I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my ecclesia, my church my government structure and all of the powers of hell will not be able to conquer it. Because I think if we could take another myth, ready? Here's part 10 of Mythbusters. That Satan is more powerful than we are. And... (laughs) you and I are part of the most powerful entity on earth that even the powers of hell will not be able to conquer it. Now, here's the key to this. It didn't say he wouldn't try. (laughs) It doesn't say I will build my church and Satan will never try to mess you up ever. I will build my church and your finances will always be perfect. I'll build my church and you'll never fight with your spouse on the way to church. I will build my church and your kids will never talk back to you. Man, that would be amazing, y'all. I'm believing for that breakthrough just with you. Come on. No, it doesn't say that. It says I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not be able to conquer it. But it doesn't say the fight wouldn't happen. But here's the powerful part of this, get ready to shout, the fight is fixed. Did you hear me? I said the fight is fixed. God's saying I'm building my church and no matter what Satan throws at it, he'll never be able to conquer it. Yeah, he'll push her down some. He'll get her in deep dark places where they're fighting each other, but but he'll never be able to take her down because she is the church and the powers of hell will never, ever, ever be able to conquer it. She is powerful. She has authority. She has the spirit of God. Come on. She is the church of Jesus Christ. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise as you stand to your feet today. Come on. She is the church. Come on, worship team. We're going to do that last song here in a moment. She is the church of Jesus Christ. So if you say, I don't need the church, okay. But you're saying, I don't need God's structure, his government, his ecclesia, I don't need God's power, his body, the entity in the earth. And I don't need union with Christ, which is his bride. I don't know about you, but I want all of that and more. Don't you in the room today? I want that. God perfectly designed the church for you and I. It's a hospital for the dying. It's a place for the struggling. You don't have to be perfect to come in this place. Come in this place. I, I can't wait for the days where we are reaching them and they come with needles in their hands and lay them on the altar. Yes. I, I hope they come in here drunk as a skunk. God will sober them up. Right. Why? This is not a country club for the spiritual elite. Yeah. None of us have it all together. No, this is his church. And it's a battleground. And it's his government. And it's a hospital for everybody. Hey, listener, thanks for tuning in to the Near Church Podcast. You can give online, fill out a virtual connection card, plan your visit, and more by texting the words Near Church to 94000 or by visiting us online at www.nearchurch.co.